We are back. Week one in the books. I hope everyone was able to catch at least one game. And hopefully it was of their favorite team. I know that I watched one, two, three full games. Had Red Zone on the other on my, another screen. So I was watching a lot of football, but I only have two eyes, so I couldn't watch everything. Um... But welcome back. Football is officially started. What are we going to do? We're going to break down some week one for you. And oh, just a touch of college football week two because there's really only one good game on and it was ridiculous. Um, So we have all four of us here tonight. Roland is logging on shortly. He's having some technical difficulties, which we had last week. But myself, John, and Zay are here right now. Um, first, we're going to start off this podcast with a shout out to our boy, Tommy Sweeney, getting five fantasy points over the projected one. Thank you, John, for that step before we logged on. So, uh, Tommy Sweeney getting some game action, getting some love on, (laughs) yeah, man, he's on my rosters, getting some, uh, love from, we got a memo podcast. And more importantly, in my opinion, he contributed to a Buffalo Bills comeback from behind win. Josh Allen completing his fourth game-winning drive. But we'll break into all of that in a little bit. Um, before we actually get into the game, some other news. If you haven't heard by now, I can't believe it, but Antonio Brown was actually released by the Raiders on Saturday around noon, 11, 12, something like that. Um, yeah. ESPN was blowing up. And then by 4 o'clock, he was signed by the New England Patriots. So the rich just get richer. Um, You guys can break in, but I think if it doesn't work in New England, he's kind of done. I don't think he'll be able to do whatever he wants in New England. Um, So it'll be interesting to see. Zay, do you have any thoughts on it? I know you, we have talked about it a ton on this podcast already. But just in the latest installment of what's going on in Antonio's world. Um, I mean, I think I had mentioned this when we were texting, but I think, uh, I think the Steelers, uh, made it out on this one. Like they got two draft picks for the Raiders, getting him for nothing, because uh, he hasn't played, a, didn't play a game for them. So I think. I guess I was a little unhappy with the draft picks, but you I mean you you have to be happy now with what he's done to the Raiders. So, I mean, disappointing that he's with the Pats, but I mean, yeah, we'll see what he does. But yeah, I mean, the Steelers, they that's a win for them getting two draft picks out of that. John, do you have any thoughts on it? As someone who I feel like I'm just entering into the controversy that is Antonio Brown, and I don't understand the video. Okay. I don't understand any of it. It's like he's badly playing a game, trying to gain sympathy from somebody, and nobody is there to give it to him. Before, so I'm honestly, just surprised that. Yeah. So I'll uh, I'll break it down my understanding. That. But before I break down the whole timeline of everything, the video, the releasing, the fines, Roland, what do you think? Roland's here, guys. What do you think about uh, Antonio Brown to A, or I'm sorry, AB to the Patriots, that whole situation? Hold on. Did John still have something to say? Yeah. Sorry, John. Okay. 
Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like, I know you didn't cut me off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, I, yeah, I just think from who I perceive Bill Belichick to be running, like, a really professional tight ship, you know, I would understand that Bill Belichick will just, like, leave Tom Brady out to dry, you know, if he has a bad game. Why would Antonio Brown want to go there? You know, if you get undressed by Mike Tallinn, you, or you think you're like, not going to be held to a potentially higher standard by Bill Belichick? Dumb. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> uh, yeah, I... I Honestly, like, a lot of people on social media were, as soon as, like, all this stuff kind of came out, um, and he got, he got released by, uh, the Raiders, a lot of people were saying that the Patriots were going to pick him up, and I honestly just didn't see it, I, I, because it, it, it's a fit that, it doesn't really make it doesn't really seem like something that you would see happen. Um, He's got such a personality and the Patriots are like the personality of the Patriots is that they're a machine and you are just a piece of that machine and every piece is interchangeable. Uh, You got to do whatever it takes week to week to, to try and win. And you know, that, that doesn't always uh, almost never really really works with a flashy personality like um, Antonio Browns or uh, you know even Randy Moss who was probably the most successful um, really uh, deep threat type of you know a big name receiver that the Patriots have had it, it still only worked for a year, and then the Pats let him go because it just was something that you know didn't work out in the end. So I mean, I I think if he can, and I don't think you know, absolutely don't think Bill will put up with with a lot. Of, you can bet that Antonio Brown's not going to be videotaping any of his conversations with Bill Belichick or anything like that. Um, I mean, this is like he doesn't he doesn't put up with stuff like that. So, um, you know, it's either gonna he's either gonna you know shut up and play football, or uh, he's gonna be out of there. Um, yeah, it, it's I don't know. It's still kind of fresh. I, I I like I won't believe it until I actually see him in a game. Um, and then, you know, for me, it just seems, I, it seemed like, like I realized that a lot of stuff went, went poorly in Oakland. Uh, you know, some of the stuff with, with him and uh, speaking mostly between him and the GM, um, where, you know, he was being fined a lot and then, you know, he was calling the GM names and, you know, they got, you know, into like a, a series of verbal altercations. Uh, it's it just like everything that 
and I, I get that this is almost like old news, you know, having all these games and stuff already happen and everybody's talked about it uh, and stuff. It's just, it, it feels a little selfish because it's like, did he ever have any plans on playing with the Raiders? Um, you know, it, it, You know, it, I, the Pats weren't going to give up draft picks for him, uh, and I don't think that they, you know, I, I think that from that standpoint, giving him a one-year, $15 million deal uh, is like a huge win for the Patriots. You know, Antonio Brown's got to prove himself if he wants to stay on the team. Uh, and, you know, if it doesn't work out, it's not that much money. Uh, but it does seem like he's just, like, ring-chasing because – you know, friendly reminder, and this is no offense to to use a, but Antonio Brown doesn't have a ring because the Steelers didn't win in 2012. Um, so, you know, he I think he, was he on that team, the 2012 Super Bowl team, or 20 uh, not 2012, 2013 Super Bowl team. Um, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So I I mean. Part of me just feels like it's like ring chasing, like he's trying to be on, he's kind of bandwagoning to try and be on the best team. I mean, the Pats did are the ones that signed him, but you got to think that there was, you know, he reached out and and they reached out and like it was like a mutual thing. Um, we'll see what happens. I'm not, I'm not convinced it's going to work out uh, for long term, for sure. Yeah, I think and the other thing is. Oh, sorry, no, no, what? no, keep going, keep going. The other thing is, is what's great about this deal for the Patriots is we don't need him. Uh, I think that they showed that on Sunday. Um, I think that, honestly, that, that, that was, you know, we have Nikhil Harry, who's young, and he's on IR um, at the moment. Uh, there's, we actually just got rid of, Demarius Thomas, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, but, you know, the, I mean, the Patriots don't don't need Antonio Brown, and I think that's a good position to to bring someone like that in. You know, he, he needs to know his place. Uh, he doesn't need to be on this team. Um, it's, it's, it's you're either going to put up or you're going to get out, so... Yeah, so I think, one, if this works out, like, if he does follow the Patriot way, he's only going to be there for two years max. Like, they have this year, it's like $10 million, and then next year they have a $20 million team option. That's it. They're not going to resign him after that, and I don't think anyone will. Um, before I get to the whole timeline of everything, Zay just sent us that he's being accused of raping his former trainer. A lawsuit's been filed. Um, it's on TMZ. I don't know how official it is, like what, how everything works after this. The thing I will say is that the timing seems very convenient of it all. Um, obviously the law, you know, the way the law works and regardless of any crime, especially in this country, it's, you know, innocent until proven guilty. It's not a good look for him, certainly. Um... But, like, there's this on the Patriots. You got Patrick Chung, like, had cocaine. But he played on Sunday, so I don't know. This is definitely a story to follow, but 
not a good look for AB right now, but we'll, like Rowan said, we'll see what happened. Um, as for the timeline, John, so this is how I understand it. It started with the whole Feats fiasco and the helmet situation, right? And that caused, those two things caused him to miss practices. So they find him around, let's just say 50k for that. He posted on Instagram the letter of his fines and was just like, whatever. Mayock wasn't cool with that, but he returned to practice. And at this one practice, he like punted a ball or like threw a ball at him or something and was like, find me for that. So that kind of led to like the confrontation between AB and Mike Mayock, which led to the report that was like, he may be suspended um, and they may void his guarantee money. So then he returned to practice. He apologized and they're like, all right, he's going to play on Monday. And then the Raiders fine him again for conduct detriment to the team around 200K. And that's when he kind of lost it and was like, just release me. And that's when the video came out. The video was kind of, it was, it was kind of to, I guess, make him look like the victim. He, he has a whole production team. Some people think he made it to like get released because he consulted a social media team to expedite his release. But video comes out, then the Raiders release him, and then the Patriots pick him up. So that that's the timeline as I understand it. Dang, I wish I could just be like, find me $50,000. What? Well, his, his agent came out and said that, like, he didn't want to be released. Like, he, he wanted it to work out with the Raiders, but... Like, again, he felt like he was being disrespected, as usual, like, with AB. But his agent came out and said that, like, he didn't want to leave. So, I don't know about this conspiracy that he always wanted to go to New England, but his agent denied that. So, I don't know if his agent is just covering up or what, but I think I, I saw something about that. So, I don't know. Yeah, so we'll see how this whole situation plays out. I was talking to one of my coworkers, and I was just like, how crazy would it be? So they practice tomorrow. How crazy would it be if uh, ESPN is at live coverage at 8 a.m., and then by 8.15, there's an announcement that AB's been released because he mispracticed. Like, how crazy would that be? Um, I don't think that's going to happen, but you never know. Um, before we get to the end, so I figure, you know, that's AB. We'll see what happens. It's kind of just wait and see. So my thinking for this episode, guys, is pick maybe like three games and just give like three real quick thoughts on them if you have them. Um, before we get to the NFL, I want to do t- want to talk about a college football game, LSU Texas, the six versus the nine. Um, what definitely one of the best games of the weekend. It was the best college game out there. Um, LSU ended up winning behind Joe Burrow. They went up to top four, if not top three in their rankings. So I just need to fix my proclamation at the beginning of the year when I said LSU was overrated. They are not overrated. They can fight for the national championship. They looked amazing. And I will say I think Texas should have won that game because they dropped a touchdown in the first quarter and they didn't go for a field goal in the first quarter. So they 
could have won the game. LSU looked incredible. Offensively. Wait, was that game Saturday night? Yes. Okay, yeah. I remember watching that. Yeah, so LSU oh, looks incredible. <laughs> is it unreal to think it is unreal? The SEC is not going to send three teams. Alabama has a fight cut out for them. They have to get through Auburn, which is no walk in the park. They have to get through LSU, and they have to get through Georgia. I would not be surprised if Alabama loses one or two of those games and doesn't make it into the playoffs, but LSU's for real. It is time that I acknowledge LSU is for real, mainly because they have a quarterback now. All right, so... Like I said, let's get there's there were 16 games this weekend. We can't cover all of them. We probably don't have stuff to talk about on all of them. I don't think the combination of the four of us were able to watch all 16. So, like I said, three real quick points on each game. We're not going to make this a, too long of a podcast, but who anyone want to start on three games they noticed? Two games or one just something real quick. Uh, just real quick. Last night, uh, the Brown or the Raiders played the Broncos, and I remember at one point thinking, "Don't the Raiders know that they're supposed to be a bottom five team this season? Like, even with, if they had Antonio Brown, who's a top five receiver, if he doesn't have all this drama going on, like nobody was expecting the Raiders to to do well, but they looked pretty good." last night and Denver looked awful yes let me I mean the defense which is really all Denver has uh was not great uh they were getting pushed around all night um you know they 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 had some stops uh kind of late and Joe Flacco had a bit of a chance at trying to make a comeback uh but the offense of Denver looked... I mean, they made the Raiders look like uh, the, the Bears I was, or something. I was blown away by Oakland, to be quite honest. I yeah. thought they'd be terrible, especially without A.B. Derek Carr came out slinging. And, yeah, I had the Broncos in all five of my fantasy leagues, and they let me down. Joe Flacco looks terrible. <laughs> Shell of himself. He should retire after this season. And, yeah, I, I completely agree. I was blown away. I was blown away by Oakland. You're in five leagues? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's, 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 it's really exhausting, to be honest. <laughs> I will, that is the only reason I think I beat you. Uh, that and Deshaun Watson went off. Yeah, you had... It was close, but then you kind of pulled away at the end. I don't, yeah. I don't know why. I had players... Across my leagues, I had players like Aaron Jones and Tyreek Hill. Not like in everyone, but I had them in multiple along with the Broncos defense. And just like Aaron Jones put up four points and then Tyreek Hill got injured. So I was lucky to win one of my games, but all the other ones I lost. Um, so I, I got my three games. Yeah. So opening night, Packers-Bears, awful game. I thought at least um, ten to three. I was hoping Aaron Rodgers would put up more points than that, uh, but he didn't. I thought that was a bad opening night game. I mean, yeah, it's Bears Packers, but the game itself I didn't think was good. Um, Who looked worse? Then, Who looked worse for you? 
Uh, I mean, the Bears' offense was awful. Yeah, I think Mitch so, Trubisky looked terrible. Yeah, he did. Um, I mean, Rodgers didn't look good either, but I think that's part of it's because of the Bears' defense. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. The other one, I have to include this one. Cleveland gets smoked by Tennessee. Oh, yeah, they did. Um, I love seeing that as a Steelers fan. Um, even though the Steelers got smoked too, but at least it was to the Patriots and not the Titans. So uh, the fact that Cleveland got killed, um, the offense looked bad for Cleveland. Baker Mayfield didn't look good. Um, so that was nice to see. And then the other game was – what was the other game? Oh, the Saints-Texans game last oh. night was a good one. That was a really good game last night. Um, just a, I thought it was just a fun game to watch. Two solid offenses. Um, so, a little surprised the Saints Saints won that one. But, yeah, it was a fun game to watch. So, just on your Browns game, there are... It's not like a report. It's not official or anything. But there's speculation that maybe he hurt himself because... The ball yeah. was coming out funny, and he had a soft cast on his hand as he was leaving. Yeah, I heard that too. Something to keep an eye out, but he, yes, the Browns got smacked in the face. John? John Boy? <laughs> the only one that I feel like I can really appropriately talk on talk about is the Lions-Cardinals game. That's a good one. That yep. was the one that I watched and paid the closest attention to. That was awesome. Yeah, what? I think just what about it was Kyler Murray proved himself, at least to me. I mean, he he was looking real bad early on, right? Yeah, early on. But then towards the end, I think it, I mean, sure, the Lions may have dropped the ball, um, but I just thought it was just entertaining all the way around. He grew, Kyler Murray grew into the game, which I think, you know, on your first professional date game, that's all you can ask of a rookie. Um, and compare, I watched the Thursday, the opener. Mm-hmm. I thought it was the most boring game of football I've ever seen in my life. I was like, am I really going to commit to watching this this season? And then I watched the Lions and Cardinals, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, that was that was a little rough for sure. Um, but I think part of it has to do with a lot of those two teams, especially the starters, not playing in the preseason. So it's just like a little bit of rust here and there. Um, I think that's part of it because I don't think the Bears played any of their starters in the preseason. And... I know Aaron Rodgers didn't play. So, I think that's part of it. And plus, I think the Packers look bad because the Bears' defense is just that good. Yeah. I wish I could talk about more of these games, but the other games I got to see, which I wish I would have been able to see the the Pats-Steelers game as well as the Texans-Saints game. The only other games I got to see was a little bit of the Giants-Cowboys, which I wasn't super impressed with because uh, it was around halftime and nothing was really going on. 
Uh, I also watched the Colts Chargers and the Rams Panthers. I thought the Rams Panthers one was pretty good, but it wasn't like. You know, I'm not really fancy of the team, so it wasn't super exciting. So let me let me do a quick breakdown of the Patriots Steelers games for you. Patriots looked amazing, and I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. That's all you need to know. The defense is as good, better than I've seen in a long time. And then, I don't know how the Steelers are, because, hey, maybe you can talk about this, but Tom Brady and the Patriots offense could basically do whatever they wanted on offense. So I was kind of blown away by how good the Patriots looked early on. Um, But as of right now... I gotta think they're the Super Bowl favorite. I, I think they are odds wise, um, but just it'll be good to see them play. You know, good teams like the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Cowboys, or the Eagles to really see how they stack up. But if AB plays, I don't see why they shouldn't sweep through this league, win thirteen or fourteen games. To be completely honest. Um, I guess this is a good time to. Uh talk about my Tomlin issue um so I I just don't get how the Steelers have held on to Mike Tomlin this long he can't beat the Patriots he even said it himself before the game or after the game he said I didn't have the team prepared for this game no duh you lost 33 to 3 like what the heck is that but anyway I just I think I think he's an not only is he not a disciplined coach, because, I mean, you saw what happened last season, but, like, he doesn't have, gets, he doesn't get the team prepared for success from a, 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 was a playbook standpoint, I guess you could say. I just, um, one of the things that bothered me a lot in that game was, um, Mark Barron. Yeah. Got eaten alive the entire game by the Patriots wide receivers and running backs. He, I don't, I think it was James White. He marked some, watched sometimes. He watched. Uh, I couldn't even. It didn't even matter. Whoever Mark Barron put on was put on. He was eaten alive. They caught the ball every time, and they got yards on every pass. They, they, they threw at me. Tom Brady threw at Mark Barron because he knew that he was not a good defender. I didn't think Devin Bush played enough. Um, no idea why Devin Bush wasn't playing over Mark Barron. Um, I thought it was a horribly defensive schemed game by the Steelers. Like Michael said, the Patriots offense could do whatever they want. I just don't get how they haven't learned anything over the years. It makes no sense to me. It lo- it looks like they're trying the same exact thing the last five years. And it obviously hasn't been working. So I just... I think Keith Butler is awful. And I think Mike Tomlin is horrendous. Yes, the offense wasn't good. But... I... I'm not as concerned about it with the offense as I am the defense. The fact that they again got eaten alive by Tom Grady is a huge concern for me. Uh, the offense isn't so much a concern for me. I think they're going to be okay. Um, I think James Conner is going to be okay. Ben's going to be okay. First game. Um, I think if we play them 
in five, six weeks. I think that's a completely different game from an offensive standpoint. Defensively, no, I, I bet we would have given up 45 points because of our defensive and Keith Butler is awful and Mike Tomlin's horrendous. So I don't get how the Steelers haven't learned anything. Um, but in five or six weeks, I think we probably would have lost maybe 45 to 30 or something like that. I just makes no sense to me. Drives me crazy. If Mike Tom, if we don't win the Super Bowl this year, Mike Tomlin better be fired. You know what I think they should do? I think Ben did not look himself like the old Ben I remember. So if he retires this offseason, I think they should fire Mike Tomlin and just kind of start over with Devin Bush and James Conner and Juju as their foundations and then just get a new head coach, get a new quarterback, start over. Cause... Well, Ben's, Ben says he has a couple years left. So I think Ben wants to play two or three more years and then retire. And if they... I don't know. I just... Because, I mean, if you bring in a new coach, do you think Big Ben's going to listen to him? I don't think so. I just don't... I don't see that happening. I mean, Ben doesn't listen to Mike Tomlin anyway. So, there's no difference there. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I I also think it plays to just how good of a coach Belichick is. But the Steelers never seem prepared against Patriots. Never. Yeah, it... Which is... I mean... They played each. As far as I know, they played each other the last three years. I don't know if it's been longer. I mean, especially counting like playoff appearances and stuff. Like the Steelers should be among those teams that are most prepared to face yeah. the Pats because yeah. you know if you make playoffs, you're gonna see them if you make it. Exactly. Uh, you know that. I mean, it's one of those things. Yeah, I mean, I think that you guys. Oh, never mind. No, you didn't. <laughs> but I just okay. You have teams like the Dolphins, and I understand your division games. But you have teams like the Dolphins and the Bills, who, um, even the Jets. Like I know they're all division games, but there's teams that give the Patriots good games. Oh no, you're. I, I mean, just, our the, the division can't come up with one good game against the Patriots. Yeah, you're right. The Patriots definitely get a boost by guaranteed four wins divisionally, but. We do like I, I feel like part of it also was the Super Bowl banner unveiling. New England yeah. was at home. It was everyone was fired up and just yeah. took them to that extra level. Um, it's like playoff game. Yeah, I I, 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 I think everything that whole combination plus Steelers first game no AB Juju's number one had to deal with Gilmore basically got shut down. No Le'Veon Bell. There, there's definitely a there was a talent drop off, so I think it's just gonna take some time to adjust. Why did the Patriots not win the Super Bowl? Um, Maybe Eli Manning. <laughs> and wait, you, do you mean this year or like in years past? This year. Oh, this year injury, A B or uh, Patrick Mahomes. In Kansas City? Yeah. Or Steelers defense. <laughs> no. Realistically, I think the Patriots lose if they lose to Patrick Mahomes in the AFC or if they play, like, the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. No, nah, Cowboys always choke. I don't know. Well, okay, you're right. But if week one, their offense looked great and their defense looked great. So 
There, there are a number of teams that can beat the Patriots. It's just going to be a combination of when, where, and how. So it's, it's going to be very rare. Um, yeah. The three games I had my eyes on, besides the primetime games, because like I watched the Thursday night game, I watched the Sunday night game, I watched the Monday night games. So I had money on the Falcons-Vikings game. I don't know what happened to the Falcons. They just imploded. How do you lose to a team where uh, Kirk Cousins throws less than 100 yards? It, that, yeah. it frustrated me because, like, I lost the money, but also, like, come on, Matt Ryan. I had you on a fantasy team, Devontae Freeman, less than three points. He's on a team. So that was one. The second was the Bills looked awful in the first half. I feel like the national media doesn't give them any slack where like they're just like oh Josh Allen had four turnovers in the first half one was a dropped pass that turned into pick six don't really call that his fault the fumble I I feel like the fumbles are his fault I didn't watch that part of the game but fumbles not his fault one was definitely due to lack of reps between him and Mitch Morse because Mitch Morse was in the concussion protocol all season but then the other pick was tipped at the line so that one is more of his fault, but they're making it seem like, oh, he was awful and just threw four picks straight to the defense, which wasn't true. But it shows something about this team that they're able to, one, hold the Jets to eight points offensively. We got a little help from their kicker, missing an extra point in the field goal. But also that Josh Allen was able to come back and win this game. I was telling my dad that, Old Bills teams, like, years ago, even recent years ago, this game would have been over at halftime. But this is a new team. They're resilient. They're gritty. They fight back. And they re- it was a great game to watch at the end. Stressful, but they won. The last game I want to talk about that I had money on was the 49ers against the Bucks. My biggest takeaway... Well, I have two. One, Jameis Garbage. Release him. Two, Jimmy G... <laughs> not looking good he did not look good at all didn't look like the quarterback that they thought he was I don't know if it's rust from the preseason rust from coming back from surgery he just looked awful really if Mitch was the worst okay maybe Dolphins were the worst and then Mitchell Trubisky Jimmy Garoppolo is right there he was not good at all so he needs to pick it up otherwise he'll get released Maybe get signed by the Patriots and lead them to like ten more divisional wins. I don't know, but he did not look good. Did not look good at all. It was bad. He didn't. Yeah, he. That was, would be such a Patriot thing. Like, can't you see that happening? I can. And then he'll yeah. be good. Like, he'll be good enough to <laughs> win. Yeah, he'll be you know as good as everybody thought he was. After his, like, three starts. He will do enough, if this happens, he will do enough for Patriot fans and fans across the country to say Belichick is more important than Brady. And that's what Bill would want. So, it's crazy. But looking forward to this upcoming week. I don't know about college football. Um, At Penn State. Also, shout out Penn State because like I go there now, so like I kind of have to cheer for them. But 
No, you don't. Don't do, tell Kyle that. I, I, I always forget Kyle loves Penn State, and when John, when you commented on my Facebook, <laughs> you're just like, Kyle loves it. I was just like, oh, Kyle. I know, that's why I said, that's why I did it. <laughs> uh, um, I mean, so Maryland shot up from unranked after, they're averaging 71 points a game. That's pretty wild. Um, I don't see any, like, big ranked games. Clemson's playing Syracuse. Eh, whatever. Yeah, not a ton of ranked versus ranked games, but any any team can lose. I mean, if Clemson loses to Syracuse, that would be huge. So, well, I remember that being a pretty good game last year. La- it's a little different, though, because I think Trevor Lawrence got hurt in that game. But still, <laughs> Syracuse played him tough. Um, So we'll see. I know I'm excited for the Bills game. I think they can start 2-0 and against the Giants, but... We will see. Maybe we'll record another po- another podcast later this week. Just real quick, just going through like picks. Like we'll go. We got sixteen games this week. We'll pick winners and see see how the four of us can pick. But um, yeah, that was week one. I had a lot of fun. John, any um, track and field news or soccer news you want to talk about? Uh, USA Mexico. <laughs> I, I I'm on the fence about Greg Burhalter. You gotta convince me that the hard thing for me to buy into is this development that he keeps talking about with the men's national team. You have weeks out of the year. I don't and Giassi's Artes and Will Trap, who have played for him. So it took them, you know, a season and a half to two seasons to really understand his system. How are you going to develop that when you have weeks with players who don't play to, who don't play in the same league? How do you develop a te- like a cohesive team identity? I'm not saying Greg out. I'm saying you got to show me something. And currently they're losing one nothing to Uruguay. And I don't understand why the U.S. soccer is pushing these high-profile money-making friendlies. When if you want to develop a system, why not beat the Bahamas or Trinidad and Tobago? It's not like the U.S. is devoid of talent, right? I... No, I disagree, John. What? Play... What? Play these good teams. It deserved to get beat three nothing. Yeah, that's a cool. I, I I'm kind of with Zay. You know, if like, yeah, it's good to win and like build some confidence. But at the same time, you don't want to beat these pushovers. You want to know you can compete with these good teams and yeah, use that as then, motivation okay. to get better. Then why not just stick within Concacaf and play teams that you could potentially play against in the hex yeah like mexico and get i'm talking about trinidad and tobago it's not like we can't beat them is is it a talent lack of talent problem because like i've seen stuff on twitter of like who's that sergeant guy made a sick play for a goal like the u.s sergeant they have talent right hey most positions 
yeah, a lot of positions. But then I think we lack for at least currently, Tyler Adams is out injured, and I think his position is crucial to what Greg Berhalter wants to do. And he's the best one that we have. The best, you know, defensive midfielder that the men's national team has. Um, John Brooks unfortunately got injured with a groin problem. And he's, I think, our most gifted center back. Um, I just think, I don't know. Moral of the story, John needs to be... uh proven otherwise that he's the coach right yeah. john john needs to see lot, more i think i'm in the same boat with a lot of americans like why 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 should i believe in this yeah well see here's the other thing it's not like it's not like mexico or germany or any of these big teams are getting any more time together i mean i realize like you know the bundesliga is a lot bigger than mls is mm-hmm. and half the German national team is on Bayern Munich, so they do get... So some of those players get to play with each other a little bit more. But, like, it's not really any different than what other national teams go through. So, uh... One, there's no excuse. And two, you know, what what is it that they're doing that we aren't because obviously something isn't and you can't just use like you know the the fact that they don't get to you know practice with each other that much as an excuse I mean really like Christian Pulisic uh, DeAndre Yedlin I, I'm trying to think of others are like are like the only ones that aren't really in MLS so, like, I don't really see any excuses, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think, I watched Aaron Long play, who's one of our center backs. His agent said he is worth, you know, 20 to $30 million. That guy is trash. He deserves to be sold for, you know, maybe a million to $2 million. I just, I just don't understand. Just, you watch a breakdown of the men's national team creating space and nobody moving into that space to receive the ball and they just play, pass it back. Either that's a talent and lack of understanding of the system or inexperienced, self-conscious players. Yeah. And you either play the kids like Paxton Pomacall and you lose, and then you're called a dummy, or you win, and it's the best thing ever. And you're crying for, if you lose, you're crying for a Michael Bradley, Josie Altidore to come back in. Yeah, I mean, I just, no, I mean, I'm not going to say too much. I feel like we should, there's a lot to say about the U.S. men's team. Um, But, I, I, when Taylor Twelman, when he went off after we didn't make 2018, he said the U.S. has an arrogance in soccer that he has no idea where it came from because we haven't done anything with it. 
And I think he's 100% right. Like, we have an, an arrogance in soccer that we don't deserve to have at all. And I think we still kind of have that. Like, I think it kind of shows on the field. And I think Burhalter is trying to fix that. And it's not really working. Um, clearly, his system isn't the best right now because Mexico is pressuring them so high and the U.S. didn't know what to do. Um, so a little disappointed with the adjustments Burhalter made in that game, if he made any. But, I mean, I'm not giving up on him. You gotta give him time. He hasn't been the manager that long, so. And if and if we'll they don't it. win, if they don't win, and the the hex starts next year, is he out or is he in? Um, I would keep him in. Because you this so in October. You have your league, your CONCACAF league start, which determines the six teams that compete in the hex. Yeah. So if it's on this traject like on this trajectory, we are lose against Mexico, we lose against Uruguay. Well, who says we even make it into the hex? I just I don't I'm just saying I don't think you can give up give, give up on him yet. I think he's incapable of making in-game adjustments. It's tough to I don't I don't know. It's still tough to tell. Cuz he may, maybe he did make adjustments against Mexico and they didn't work. Like and then he knows for the next time he plays Mexico that that didn't work, so let me try something else. Like I just trial and error, I feel like as a US men's coach. It just it's not like the MLS. It's it's a lot different. So I just, I don't think you can give up on him. I think, John, you are basically a summary for a lot of American fans and a growing impatience of the lack of success for the U.S. men's national team. Um, but at a certain point, you're right to be impatient. So I feel like we should get into this in depth in another one. Maybe when it's a slow week in football or something. Or maybe we don't spend 15 minutes talking about Antonio Brown again. If he lets us do that. So, um, you guys got anything else? We good? I think we're good too. Alright. So, week two starts on Thursday. Bucks versus the Panthers. I think it's in Carolina. I would bet on the Panthers, but you never know, especially with Cam Newton being a little iffy. But, you know, look forward to it. Like I said, college football on on Saturday again. Enjoy that. Follow your favorite teams NFL-wise. No bye weeks yet, so everyone's playing. Update your fantasy lineups. Search that waiver wire. You look for that next Philip Lindsay or that next Steele. You know, we're in the same boat as you guys. Everyone's got their team. Everyone still has a chance unless you're the Dolphins. So, you know what? Just enjoy week two, and we will see you guys next week.